Hello and welcome to Atomic Geekdom. My name is Dave, and let me right off the bat apologize for my voice. I'm just getting over a cold and losing my voice this past weekend because music is loud and trying to talk over it is a mistake. So don't do it, especially when you're sick. Uh, we took last week off. No, we didn't. That was a different podcast. Um, no, we were here last week. We talked about Captain Marvel. So yeah, uh, I, I swear my brain will start working soon. This week we are here. Oh, I should mention this is uh, only four days removed from me becoming best friends with Chad Michael Murray at Wizard World in Cleveland. So just keep track of that. Three days removed, four days removed. So <laughs> just just remember that I'm best buds now with Chad Michael Murray as he starts his role on Riverdale. So just keep that in mind. Uh, joining me this week to talk about well, we'll, we'll let you know in a second. Things uh, is Jenny. <clears throat> Hello. And Johnny. Hi. I'm surrounded by J names this week. And by two of them, at least. Yeah. Um, so this week we are going to talk about true crime because it seems to be a wave of true crime things happening in uh, entertainment and media and things of that nature. Lots of stuff to talk about. We've done a podcast like this before where we kind of talked about our favorite not our favorite, but the most interesting, like serial killers and things of that nature. Um, this episode is going to be more true crime related. We'll talk about some serial killer stuff because there's some more Ted Bundy stuff that's come out since our last time we did this. Um, more making a murderer and um, the the serial podcast has sparked a new documentary on HBO. We'll talk about that stuff. But there's other things we can kind of talk about too, um, older cases and things like that. And we're also going to talk about why uh, these things are fascinating. But I kind of want to start with a disclaimer that. Even though we're talking about these cases of brutal, brutal murders and attacks and um, <clears throat> assaults and things of that nature, we're by no means glorifying these uh, monsters. Um, this is not to 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 the more or to you know we're not appreciating what they've done, uh, and we um, are on the sides of the families uh, that are affected and the and the friends and all the the victims of these these disgusting and you know, heinous crimes. Um, and then these cases of where we don't know if the right person's in jail or not, we're not a part of the story. So we can take a step back and not get emotionally invested as the family would. So when we see the family, you know, narrow in on the person that they, they arrested, we have to be sure we're careful not to judge them poorly and say they're making a mistake because the wrong person's in jail. They're emotionally invested. And we, you know, Nothing but sympathy for the families of these people that are going through this all over and over and over again when it's on TV and they're being interviewed for documentaries and these cases are still ongoing because the person that's in jail is saying they're innocent and they may very well be because that does happen in this world, <clears throat> unfortunately. But we, uh, in this podcast, want the truth and we want justice for the, for, the, for the victims. And in cases where the wrong person's in jail, they're unfortunately a victim too. Um, and those stories need to be told as well, but... I, it's hard to do without the cost of the victim and the family's victims going through it all over again. So it's a, it's a very thin line. I just wanted to say that up front, and I'm sure both of you agree with most of that or all of it. Yeah, it's it. Well, and that's <clears throat> kind of the drive to documentaries and such because you want to know as much as you can about it so you can make your own assumptions. You know, because you're never going to know full on. You you can weigh the the facts and such, but. You you get to put your opinion into it, and I think that's where it get the that line kind of moves back and forth. So, the objective is is just do it with respect, you know. And it and the more we learn about the craziness in these stories, I think the more we can 
we can see society, you know, like we know how society functions and where the improvements are needed. So I agree. Yeah, I also agree. We're just we're just talking about it. That's right. That's right. And again, <clears throat> you know, there was the big outcry when the, the latest Ted Bundy thing came out and with Zach Efron playing Ted Bundy that we're trying to glorify or, you know, Hollywood or sensationalize um, these murderers. And that's that's not true. But we are going to see these movies. We are talking about it on social media and all these things. And we are bringing up very dark, dark memories for people that had to go through it with their family members and friends dying. So we have to keep that in mind, I think as consuming, uh, you know, entertainment people. <clears throat> and when well, we talk about it, I should say. So, um, I'm going to talk about one thing very quickly. Cause I don't know if either of you have watched it yet. And I got a chance to watch it recently. Um, when I was trying to fall asleep in a hotel room that I couldn't fall asleep in because it was like a murder was taking place there, had taken place there at one point. Um, <clears throat> there was blood. And then in my friend's rooms, they said there was bullet holes. So, at some point, something happened. Um, no, I watched Leaving Neverland, and I don't want to talk too much about it because it is very divisive and it's very polarizing. Um, <clears throat> it's very disturbing, too. And I, if you're going to watch it, be careful. If you've been assaulted before, it's triggering. And if you're a Michael Jackson fan and you believe none of these things are true, also be careful when you watch it because these are people and people have been hurt. And whether he did it or not, you can decide that you react the way you want to. But, um, it's, uh, it's hard to watch even if you've never been assaulted in your life. Um, and I knew nothing about the boys that claimed these things happened to them. Um, and to, to learn that one of them is the core, the choreographer for NSYNC and Britney Spears back in the day was pretty crazy. I had no, I had no idea. Nobody knew until recently when he came out finally and said that this happened to him, even though he had previously denied it in two different trials when Michael Jackson was alive. But <clears throat> it's a tough topic to talk about. Did either of you watch it? I haven't watched it, but I, I've listened to a few. I mean, it's all anybody's talking about. Yeah. Um, And I read it. I can't remember where I read the article, but they were sort of explaining it as. And it's like you're saying, <clears throat> it, there's no evidence he did it. It's it's. He said, she said, mm -hmm. but what's interesting that what I hear the take and tell me if I'm wrong on this, the take of the documentary is that this wasn't something that came about later on in life. Like it was really early and between him and his staff was able to manipulate the system. So it was beneficial <clears throat> for him, you know, so, uh, for Michael. Yeah. Because like, well, this is, so the, the crux of the movie is these boys were seven to nine years old and they were made to believe that what was happening to them was being done by somebody who loved them. So they didn't know it was assault. And um, it was usually, wasn't it, and tell me if I'm wrong, wasn't it too, like some of it was for work, like I'm going to make you into a dancer. I'm going to, well, it, yeah. like it was, it was taking them <clears throat> out of like an impoverished situation and bettering not, their lives not so much impoverished there i think one of them's family even though he has an american accent was from australia um and i think there was another australian boy too um but both of them were kind of found through talent searches like one of them was saw you know he did like this thing where he was impersonating michael jackson and then eventually he starts touring with michael on stage dancing for w w alongside michael as you know like a like a like a clone type like, of deal like a mini me <laughs> exactly 
And then he would come, the family, the whole family would go to Neverland and the family would stay in this little house, house that's just on the property, but not in the main house. And Michael had this huge room with a loft above and the kids were invited to stay in the loft above his room. Um, brother and sister, not just the little boy. <clears throat> and, uh, the, the kids were excited to do that. The parents said, well, I guess, I mean, I, I guess it's okay. I mean, he's a celebrity. He's not going to do it. You know, that kind of thing. Um, one of the mothers seemed very much like she was a, and I don't mean to judge cause they were also seduced the parents. Um, one, I mean, one of them was divorced and uh, it's tough to get into because he was left in Australia with his other son. They stayed behind when this family moved to Los Angeles eventually. And then when his oldest son said, I'm going to go visit our family in LA the day after he left to go to LA, his father killed himself. Um, no. so because he just I was losing my family. He he had mental um mental health issues and things of that nature. So there's a lot going into it, but he, you know, basically was I was losing my family to this other world. Um <clears throat> but yes, this family's being seduced and one of the parents was very much like a stage mom, like I want my son to be famous and I want to do everything I can to make him famous. So she might have been throwing the blinders up. And then another mom also after she heard about all these things happening told her son, "I don't want you to tell me what was done to you. I don't think I could handle it." And to be honest, that's, it's pretty selfish, but it's hard because she's going to, she's probably got a lot of guilt to deal with too. So it's hard to judge a person like that, but it's hard for me to say I wouldn't be there for my child when they need to talk to me about something like that. Um, and to hear a parent say that it's, it's difficult. I don't know. I don't have kids, but I, you know, I think about these things when I listen to these true crime things and watch these shows and I think about my niece and nephew and how close I am to them and thinking about like the, the, you know, all the, <clears throat> child abductions and things like that that go on in this world. Uh, it's, it's a scary place. Um, it, it's funny that you say that because um, not to jump onto an, the next movie already, but we just watched, um, oh gosh, what was it called? Uh, Abduct, abducted in Plain Sight. Have you seen that one yet? Yeah. Johnny, have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen that That's one. That's on Netflix. Oh, buddy, I'm sorry. Uh, I hate to keep talking about things you haven't seen yet. So we'll, we'll make this one brief because a lot of people have seen yeah. it and well, uh, you should. Do you have Netflix? Yes. Okay. Put that on your list, buddy. Short okay. summary. Basically, back in the 70s, these two neighbor families became friends and the father of the other neighbor family basically kidnaps a girl from the other family. And it's this whole and weird thing. And it gets thing, weirder like, from there. So yeah. I'm... I'm familiar with the story. I haven't seen the documentary. Oh, okay. 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 So <clears throat> there's, there's this part in it where like they're interviewing the parents. And I mean, the first thing that you're just like, these are the most gullible people I've ever seen, you know, like, but then you're not in the situation and you don't have their background. Like they might not <laughs> have known better, but there's, there's parts of the story where they're letting him sleep in her bed because, because he's telling them that the doctor says that that will help him. And I mean, just weird things over and over again. And you're, while I'm watching them, I'm like, who does this? You know, cause it is in plain sight. It's like any, in my perception of people that I've encountered and in, in growing up, I'm, I'm just like, all of this was preventable using just common sense but obviously the family didn't have that same common sense that most of society had 
And there's that weird line because like I watched it wanting to be so mad at the at the daughter's mom and dad just just about the things they did. But then you have to take yourself out of it. It's just like you were saying with the the mom and the Michael Jackson case. They you have to have a basis of what's right and wrong. And if you don't if you don't, if it's not so black and white, there's that big area of gray that you haven't learned yet. And it falls into, and I could be wrong, but it falls into like an ignorance like part. So you got to kind of empathize with them on ignorance, but you still have to take a step back and go, wait a minute, you guys, when, when did this sound like a good idea? But I had that, what you were saying about the, the mom and the Michael Jackson, uh, documentary i had that same feeling with the family in the other one yeah and then i watched there's a little thing afterwards with the two the two men that are um talking that were in the documentary um the, the michael jackson documentary is a two-part documentary with just two boys uh kind of going through side-by-side things in fact one of them was quote-unquote married to michael jackson at one point they had like a ceremony in the house between the two of them and he showed the rings and he just like lost it in the documentary when he pulled out the ring he's like i hate i hate having this ring but he said even before he was doing this interview with oprah winfrey that's who the does this like post-show interview with the two boys and the director of the documentary um he said even the night before doing the interview with 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 oprah he felt guilty towards michael by doing it because he just felt connected to him still and that this was going to hurt michael and he didn't want to hurt michael even though he's had all these breakdowns in his life and all these issues because of what he says was done to him. And I'm, I'm just saying, I'm trying to be impartial. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he did it or not. I don't know if these boys are lying or not. I don't want to say they are, and I don't want to say they aren't. I, I have no proof one way or the other. But that's also <clears throat> very sort of symbolic of people who have been involved in cults, you know, like they don't see the cult leader as doing anything wrong because they love them. And they had their best interest, even though everybody on the outside of the cult can go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, this this is not right, you guys. Right. So even when they they realize the situation they're in was wrong, it's hard for them. Just in in reading, you know, multiple cases of different cults throughout history, a lot of the people can still have almost like a pity to. Sure the villain involved, you know, yeah. I don't know a better word to describe them, but the right. leader. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let's, well, uh, they, they weren't always villains to them. Right. And right. there's, they there, there's them. an ingrained sense of, um, um, uh, th- there's an ingrained connection to right. the, you know, the, either the group or the leader or <laughs> Michael Jackson or, you know, this family friend, mm-hmm. um, in the, in the kidnapping case, it, it, it doesn't go away. It can be stifled and, and you can react to it differently. But those types of feelings, it's it is like being connected to your family. Like, you know, you're real close with your brother and then you find out your brother did some stupid, horrible crap and he goes to jail and he's a bad person. But he's still your brother and you hate him because he's your brother and he did this. But you still have that love for him kind of thing. It does. It doesn't really go away. Yeah. No, you're right. And Oprah made a point in that thing saying, you know. Um, it's hard to see people do bad things when their lights shine the brightest and there's never really been a, a star that shined brighter than Michael Jackson. They don't make stars that way anymore, and that's true. Our, our celebrities are scrutinized at a very, very early point in their lives. I mean, we 
we know way too much about these people these days because mm-hmm. of social media and because, you know, whether they make it known or not, people know them and they have voices now to access, you know, they did this when they were 10 years old or 12. You know, we know all these things about all these people, especially when they become celebrities at 14 years old now. Um, so it's a different world than it was back in the eighties and nineties, as far as those two things are, t- we're talking about. Um, all right, let's go ahead, Johnny. <clears throat> I was going to say things aren't as hidden now. Yeah. You, you, you don't get as much of that, that stifling or quieting a family, um, you know, so to, to protect your image, it still happens obviously. And it will probably always happen because mm-hmm. that's, that's just, that's just reality. Uh, but it certainly happens less, far less than it did before. And so these movements that have come out over the years, the Me Too movement, um, uh, well, I guess that's the biggest one. Yeah. Um, that you know, things like that are, you know, giving people voices and empowering other people to come forward and say this happened to me. Um, or, or if maybe before you didn't feel like what happened to you was wrong, right? you can still acknowledge that it was a wrong. So maybe you didn't feel like it was wrong when you were a kid, and maybe you still don't, but that doesn't make it right. Right. Yeah, other people are well, saying the same that, actions are wrong. Know what I earlier is like there's, and it sounds like a bad word to use, but there's an ignorance about it. You have to kind of learn, learn that it's wrong, you know, because you have spent your whole life what that's how your life is and then there's that shame to it as well once you know that it's wrong it's like do you want to admit to it because now you're being told it's wrong mm-hmm. um but i also think with like the celebrity thing too <clears throat> because media is so out there with like social networking and stuff there are so many fan bases and especially with like cable tv and streaming tv and stuff like that when back in the day when even with cable, you had maybe 20 channels. It was much more of a consolidated celebrity base. You know, you had your handful of musicians and your handful of, uh, of actors that everybody gravitated towards, but now there's not that big beacon. You know, there, there are people that are super famous, but not in the sense of like Elvis or Michael Jackson or, you know, Whitney Houston. Yeah. I mean, it's because yeah, like you said, yeah, everything is not so diluted, but it's all spread out. There's no, you can't, there's no Michael Jackson, ABC special anymore because it's going to, or, you know, it's going to be a Beyonce and Jay-Z on HBO um, or, you know, whatever it is, the big concert event of, of the summer. It's now going to be on cable, but there's going to be another one on Netflix and there's going to be another one on what, you know, whatever. Yeah, you can watch Jay Z on HBO and Justin Timberlake on Netflix, you know. And yeah, no, you're right. That's a that's a very good point. Um, of how the star, the the shine and the brightness is spread out further. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to something we can all kind of talk about. Even though that was a great conversation, um, I want to talk about podcasts for a second and true crime podcasts. Now, one of them over the weekend is being canceled. Um, that I listen to, and it's okay. The host kind of comes off as very condescending and really aggressive not that the people that are committing the crimes in the cases he's talking about deserve any you know us not to, to label them as just monsters but at the same time he he is a little curse that curse is probably the wrong word uh short i don't know aggressively he's just, a man child yeah for sure okay do you know who i'm talking child. about <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about uh, so <laughs> i like the podcast yes but but the host and the way he represents himself in the show is a, is very much a man child. Thank you, thank you for that. Um, I, I couldn't find the words, but yes, over <laughs> over the weekend he announced he lost all his sponsors because two people that own the network that he's a part of 
gave him the boot and essentially quote unquote ruined his life. Um, I don't know their side of it, but just hearing his side of it made me feel he was wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are we, are we, are we using names? You talk about the podcast and the guy. Okay. Sort of. I don't know if we were keeping it. To we it. might yeah, as well, yeah, because yeah. It, it was at a time, one of my favorite podcasts. Um, and, uh, the host name is Mike Boudet. Yeah. The podcast was so well done. Um, the investigating and re- research they did was very well done. Um, and, and that's why they got so big and that's why they got sponsors and that's why they got picked up by a network. And I think they were going to do a TV show and all these things. Um, cause it was so well done and Johnny can attest. He listened to it. <clears throat> yeah. I loved, I, I, I still, again, I, I still like the podcast Yeah, and I've gone back and listened to old episodes and I look forward to the new episode coming out because the stories <laughs> are interesting, but it has changed over time. And and uh, and and the behind the scenes stuff starts leaking out, mm-hmm. and and you really kind of see how this guy represents himself. Uh, represents himself, how he speaks about people, um, the whole thing about these two people taking it down. He he posted I don't know if it was three or five minute long audio thing that I listened to last night, where he said like thanks to these two people who want to stifle free speech, but free speech doesn't let you call people the c word. Like, right, right. You can, but there are repercussions for it. And that, I mean, that was the big thing for him was that he posted a tweet about, you know, dropping the C word on International Women's Day and not not just, boy, I don't like C words. It's it's, you know, I don't boy, I I sure wish these C words would all shut their mouths. Like, you don't do that on International Women's Day. That's pretty stupid, dude. You want to know want to know what is infuriating about situations like that, especially when it's something like true crime or something where you're looking for like news, you know, or like you want to know the facts behind something and the discussion that revolves around it. Mm -hmm. You look for intelligence. And (laughs) when the person giving you that info is a complete douche and so stupid that they would automatically be an asshole and say that you don't want to listen because it would be hard to take anything he said seriously. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because I wouldn't want to listen to him if I heard him like spouting off like what's his name Tucker whatever like Tuck <laughs> Mike Boot oh Tucker Carlson yeah it's like oh yeah that guy's a piece of crap too it, you know he might be might be saying some truths but I wouldn't take any of it seriously because he just it's like diarrhea of the mouth it's like I don't need to listen to it there's way better educational respectful things I could be doing with my time. Right. There's other shows I could listen to. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a weird situation. I know he's had, he's had stuff pro- problems in the past with, and you're rep when you're representing a network like that, you've, you, you just can't, you're agreeing to, yes, use your voice and your, your, your opinions and things like that. But there are certain things you're doing when you're representing that network and they have every right to, to take you off their network. I don't know what extent they took it to. Maybe they took it too far. I have no idea. But even <clears throat> even with the network aside though, what does that benefit society? So I mean <laughs> Right. Even if the network pulled out, I would hope that a lot of listeners would pull out too, you know? Mm-hmm. I I think a lot of it is that he believes in free speech. I think we all do. But he doesn't think there should be he I I feel like he doesn't understand time and place. So free speech is great. And if you want to make a joke, drop on the C word, fine. 
but you got to be careful where you're going to say it, when you're going to say it, who you're saying it to, also recognizing who your audience is, who your audience isn't. Twitter isn't Twitter isn't that thing where you can go on and say, I think black people blah and white people are oh, and I, boy, I don't like those homos. Like you don't do that because so many people can see it. You're touching so many other people than just your core audience that you're going for. So you don't have that freedom. You think you do. And it'd be nice if you did, but you don't. And I he think... doesn't recognize that. He thinks he should be able to get uh, he should be able to say whatever he wants and get away with it. Mm. And that's I just not he... reality. I think for people forget, though, too, like freedom of speech is one thing, but there's intent. Like you can say whatever you want. It's the intent behind it. And there's that there's that that fine line where. Is it a joke or is there some truth behind it? Mm -hmm. You know, like you call somebody a C word and a joke. If it's in the context of a joke from somebody where you understand the sarcasm or you understand it you can let it go. But if it's coming from somebody that's naturally an asshole where you don't necessarily think it's a joke, that has more intent to it, you know? Right, right. Um, all right, but let's talk about other podcasts that we are actually, that are, that are okay to listen to. <laughs> um, is there anything that comes to mind when you talk about podcasts aside from this one that we were just talking about? Either of you listen to that's true crime related. Once we're done with that, we'll talk about some of these other documentaries that have just come out and some of these cases and things like that. Um, but... Jenny, let's start with you. Are you consuming any true crime doc or uh, podcasts? <clears throat> yes, but in a weird sort of way. Um, I've been really obsessed with last podcast on the left right now. Mm -hmm. And what they'll do is they'll they'll focus on some sort of crime or weird supernatural thing in history or you know relatively new. Like they'll they'll cover Charles Manson or they'll cover, um, you know Hitler's army things like that, and they dive into the stories behind it and how brutal and just horrific the stories are. And it's, it's three of them that do it in a comedic way, but a serious way. They, they never cross the line of being disrespectful, but like when they did one with, um, Oh dude, what was, uh, Hitler's Nazi doctor's name? Um, Oh my gosh, I just listened to this a few weeks ago and I can't think of it. Anyways, it, anytime you're talking about the Holocaust and such, they had to take breaks. So they did tool time breaks and they would give you a fact about the show tool time. And they would do things like that. And it, it helps. It totally helps. But they dive into some, um, they had one not too long ago on Skinwalker Ranch, which is kind of a UFO story, but also abductions and, and, yeah. and weird things like that but it dives into like the fbi investigations and and so it i've been i've been digging it i've been digging it for the fact that it is really dark but it's done in a sense where you you walk away wanting to take a shower because it feels gross but not to the fact where you're not going to sleep at night because they kind of candy coat it if that makes sense Sure. I don't know if that's a good sell, uh, a good sell on how to explain this podcast, but that's been recommended. Like to, that, yeah, that's stories I wouldn't normally know. That show's been recommended before, and is the doctor Theodore Morel or Theodore? I think it's Morel. I know that was his personal physician, Herman Goring. No, it's like the the main guy that did all the stuff with twins, and 
Oh my god. Oh, so yeah, so Mandela. he was he was a uh, scientist. Joseph, oh Joseph yeah, Joseph uh, Mandela? Man He's probably a character on House or uh, uh the man in the in High Castle. <laughs> probably. Why can't I think of his last name? It's Joseph. Oh, was he that was he that doctor from Overlord? That would be awesome. <laughs> like, not awesome, but I just watched that. Fabulous. It's a good movie. That's a very good That's movie. That's a good movie. Uh, all right. What about what about you, Johnny? Podcast you're you're enjoying true crime one? I don't have any specific podcasts that I listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll just do a search uh, for a specific topic and I'll listen to an episode. Um, but I, I heard I think Sword and Scale. I don't know if they did an episode. I'm sure they did. They did an episode on Dahmer at one point, and I was like, oh, I want to I want to understand this guy. So I looked for more podcasts and watched a documentary and a movie and stuff. So did you watch the Renner movie? Yeah. Yeah, I just recently watched that again. Uh, um they they did was that that was the one no wait, what was the one where it was when he was a kid? It took place when he was like sixteen, seventeen. Uh, when he was in high school. Yeah, I don't know that. That one. wasn't the Oh, better. that's what about his friend, right? That's like it was Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was yeah, about his friend. Yeah, I can't it remember. It was the kid from Jumanji, uh didn't play Dahmer, he was Dahmer's friend. Mm-hmm. In that movie. Yeah, uh, my I, friend Dahmer. Yeah, I, I I haven't seen that one, but I I wanna find yeah. it. Yeah. That was pretty good. Okay. It's pretty good. Um good is in that it's a it's a well-told story right but it's horrifying right, right at the same time um so i don't have any specific podcasts i listen to sometimes sometimes the names are so generic that i don't really remember them sure like i remember listening to a couple episodes of one called serial killers and it was done by i think it was a husband and wife team and they would take turns telling part of the story and i could only make it through two episodes before that shtick got annoying i think i know i think i've seen, heard listen to that one too yeah yeah, it was good content. Like, you know, the stories were interesting. Mm-hmm. But just the, the presentation of I'm going to tell this portion of the story. Now I'm going to tell this portion of the story. <laughs> it gets it got tedious and annoying. Um, so nothing specific, but uh, but they're on my radar. And, you know, when again, when when something strikes me is oh, I want to learn more about this. I'll usually just do a search in the podcast and try to find episodes that are, that are about it. But I haven't found one that's captivated me like sword and scale did. Um, so up and vanished is, is pretty good. Um, they did a season of one case, a season of a second case, and they're kind of doing like a mid season thing where the first case is actually going back to trial. So they're kind of revisiting everything and adding new content. So that one's pretty good. And I don't know if he and his people do this other one. I think they do. That's that's the guy. He, the host of that podcast talks like he's grinding his teeth, like he never opens his mouth, and it, it's kind of annoying at times. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But he also produces, I think, the Monster Podcast. It's called. Um, I don't, I've heard I've heard an episode or two <clears throat> from that one. I don't think that's the same guy that sort of scale. He does a different one. But this season they're doing the Zodiac Killer, and I just recently rewatched Zodiac, so I'm big into that. And I'm at the point now where we're never going to know who the Zodiac Killer was, and he's dead. I, I've I've concluded myself that the original Zodiac Killer is dead. You know what, though? Be careful with that, because everybody thought the Green River Killer was dead, too. They're just like, nobody just stops. They don't stop and just disappear. Well, someone, no, someone like that. And they have a house in the suburbs, and they continue on with their life like nothing ever happened. Right, right. What's one of well, the, first, you never know. the first things Ted Bundy did as soon as he escaped the second time? He couldn't stop, and he got away. Yeah. Couple times. Exactly. Have you guys seen uh, what's it called? This the switch switch knot killer. The hold on, I'm gonna think for a second. Um, this 
hold on. I have it on my computer. Okay. Like, like, the, the switch hook killer or something like that. But it's um it's a movie about a kid who uh, there's a story about a killer that lived in their town. And is this based um, off real events or is this? I don't think it's based off real events. Okay. But <clears throat> uh, but maybe it is. Um. Anyway, it's uh. Hold on, I've got it right here. The Clovich, the Clovich killer. Um, but anyway, some of the stuff that he starts when he starts like looking into it and researching it, he starts noticing some similarities between the um, the killer's mo and his father. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of him trying to put the pieces together and disprove that his father is the Clovich killer because now it's stuck in his head. Sure. But it is one of those stories where everyone thinks he's gone mm-hmm. because he hasn't been active. He's just disappeared. He did his thing and he's done. He's either moved on or he's dead. Um, lives in another country whatever yeah so and there's there's pe- um, there's people there's, with the zodiac yeah, go ahead i was gonna say yeah, there's people with the zodiac killer that have gone back and looked at his his cryptographs and they see their dad's name somehow they unlock it in there and they come up my, my dad was the zodiac killer he lives here investigate him and like <laughs> okay and they said they said they get like thousands of those <laughs> i don't know i don't know why but when you were telling that story and you're talking about you know how you know where the where the movie comes from and stuff? I, it just reminded me of that Slenderman story. Like, it's one of those where life imitates art mm-hmm. type thing. Oh sure. Did you guys did you guys see that documentary? I think it was on HBO. It was HBO. Yeah, yeah. Because that the Slenderman documentary about the girls. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that. I watched that or right one, away. Or one of them. That's, I'm sure there's several. It's in mine and Johnny's backyard. I had to watch that one. Yeah, that <laughs> yep. one. That <clears throat> one was disturbing. Um. Can I throw on one that I really want to talk about because it's been my my favorite documentary I've seen in a while just because it's so effed up. Sure, let me just, are we off the podcast? Yeah, let me throw one more podcast. Oh in yeah, here. let's do podcast first. Um, I found it while I was on my road trip to live and die in L.A. And this guy is actually investigating a current case. Like this woman's been missing, I don't know, maybe a year. And so he's he actually goes to this person's house who he thinks might be a suspect, and he's trying to find him and talk to him with the aid of an investigator. Like a private investigator, so I'm enjoying that one as well. Um, and that's oh, cur- wow. that's currently being released. <clears throat> so, all right. Uh, it actually, good. There's um, podcasts out there, and there are some not good podcasts. Sure. And not good can can range from you know disrespecting the actual case to the victims, mm-hmm. um, or you know getting information wrong. One thing that I got real tired of with Sword and Scale to bring them up again, and hopefully for the last time, is that suddenly episodes started to become 45 minutes of playing the audio between the uh, detectives and various people that were involved. So you got to wonder how much research are you doing into that story? You're doing for 45 minutes of your show is playing the audio that you were able to get your hands on. Mm -hmm. Well, that's like, that's why I think serial is so, so successful is you've got a narrate narrator who knows how to lead the story and then they tie in the the interviews and you hear the actual voice and the testimonies and everything like that but it's not just sitting and listening to the dead space of the courtroom like they they edited that that podcast brilliantly like it's edited so well and i think that's where a lot of especially the crime podcast fails is that they don't edit anything they just sort of roll it and it just it becomes sort of tedious yeah i I recently found one that their editing was awful like it's just and it's put together by a guy that worked for 2020 interesting Mm. i think too i think 
and this sounds really, really cheesy, but it has to do with entertainment, you know, and you're, you're listening to these podcasts, you're watching these documentaries, not only to be educated and, and to know more about the situation, but also to be entertained. And when you get somebody doing a podcast that sounds like they're going to fall asleep at any moment, like, and he walked into the room and, you know, it, I, I, they lose me right away. So bad editing <clears throat> and, and bad using, narrative. trying to use audio that needs to be like super, super enhanced and everything. Like it's just too quiet to hear. I, that happens mm-hmm. a lot in Sorted Scale, um, where he uses like investig, like uh, confessions or interrogations, and that the audio is just either too degraded or just too mm-hmm. quiet. And you're trying to listen, and all of a sudden he starts talking about mattresses in an advertisement. And you're like, whoa, all right. Oh, my God, that cut. Yeah, that's my least favorite thing. You know, I don't feel safe at home unless I've got ADT. Oh. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Narration is a big part of presentation, and sometimes it can be really good, and sometimes it can be really bad. I don't need to hear when I'm listening to audio of some guy saying, this is what I did with the body, for the narrator to jump in and real quick, did you hear that? This is what he did with <laughs> right. the body. What a sick piece of crap, am I right? Or Let's the, get back to listening to more. Or yeah, the, I already know he's a sick piece of crap. He just told me he was. Right, or the lead-in, like, you're about to hear, you know. The, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just let me hear it then. <laughs> let me decide what I'm going to hear. Um, One thing with podcasts <clears throat> that I struggle with is the last thing I'll have to say about him, um, because I don't I don't think I have anything else to contribute with him, because I, I don't li- – it sounds like I don't listen to as many as you guys do. But – any episode that focuses on something bad that happened to a kid are really hard to get through. Sure. There were two through Sword and Scale that I had to stop listening to because it was just too much. Um, or I skipped forward. And one of them was – it was a great episode that was talking about abuse. And, you know, child you – know, kids that deal with abuse. And they told, like, three different stories of three people. They're, you know, they're all adults now. But they <laughs> offered their story up, and they, they came on the show to tell it. But it opens with audio of this little girl calling 911 because her mom and dad are in a fight. And I had to stop listening to that for a while because it was so hard to hear this. I think she was nine, six. I don't know, something like that. She was between six and nine. And this little girl's calling 911, and – and talking about her mom and dad having a fight and her baby brother, I think, was there. And it was so hard to get through. And sometimes I don't I like uh, I guess I like sounds, sounds kind of dark. I'm interested in the details. I'm interested in, in the story and what happened. But you, you don't need to break my heart doing it. And I can stomach a lot. But, the you know, anytime it gets to the kid stuff, it's super hard to listen to. So if I'm listening to, you know, if I'm interested in podcasts and I hear this is a story about this thing happening to this kid, I'm like, oh, do you really need to tell that much? You know, do you need to go into that much detail, though? Well, there was that episode you... of the previously named podcast where they did the the child prostitution thing and they were reading the chat with the the computerized voice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was terrifying. Hard to get through. That was terrifying. Yeah. I was... That was about the <clears throat> the puppeteer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard to listen to. Like, <clears throat> I was out driving. That, doing... that I think is a little bit different. Yeah, because there's no evidence that proves he did anything. He, I think he had child pornography on his computer, but uh, well, they talked about eating but, the kill the children too, right? Right, yeah. right. And that was the thing is these 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 computer voices are saying, "I can't wait to eat this kid." You know, like, oh, come on. Yeah, they're talking about much. which one they've picked out and all this other just disturbing. Uh, it's too much. Yeah. And like even now I got a knot in my stomach. And and I don't know if it's because I have a daughter. Sure. Uh, because I feel like I probably would feel this way even if I didn't, but I'm sure having you know, having my kid enhances that 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 
gross feeling I get. Like, oh, I can't imagine. Um, but anytime there's kid stuff involved, it's it, I, I got to sitting on the edge of my seat because I don't know if I need to pause it and stop listening or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I'm going to kind of segue into documentaries here by doing this. Uh, it's going to lead to a bigger discussion. Uh, one podcast we should talk about and Jenny brought up was Serial. I think that was the first true crime podcast I found. Um, and, and it wasn't really, I don't think that was their intent to be a true crime podcast. Uh, because they're, well, I guess mostly their seasons are true crime. Um, either way, it told the story of the murder of Heyman Lee in Baltimore in the year 1999. And it was just enthralling because here you are, you've got a person doing the interview with the, the suspected killer in jail over the phone and you're hearing his words and then you're. They're going, you know, and then you're hearing, it's the first time I've ever in a podcast heard audio of like the trial or interrogations and things of that nature and stuff like that. So that was, um, that was, that was, that's what pulled me in. Um, and just the fact that of, he could be innocent and we have, you know, we don't know. Um, the, you know, it's one of those things where they ask you, what, where were you on this date? And you have to try to remember. She, that's how she starts the show. I think you know. Think about if I asked you what you did last Friday, could you tell me everything at every moment? And I had to think about that, and I probably could because it was a busy day. But if it was just a random day at school, probably not. I'd just say, well, everything that usually happens on that day, you know. Anyway, um, so the serial podcast, and then there was one that came after it by one of the women who knows. Adnan Syed, the person that the serial podcast is about, the convicted murderer, uh, suspected murderer of Heyman Lee, called, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, what is it called? Undisclosed. Which I feel like is part, she's part of the people that are working against the dude from Sword and Scale. I could be wrong. Her name sounds very familiar. What's her name? Rabia Chowdhury. It does sound familiar. I'll look it up while we're talking. Um, and we're going to get to the new HBO documentary, which focuses on him and Lee's uh, and, and Adnan Zayed. But first, uh, Jenny, I think you wanted to discuss something. You were leading somewhere before we finished Ooh. podcast. Yeah, the the documentary that <clears throat> most disturbing to me that I've seen lately. You guys seen Evil Genius on Netflix? Uh, it's in my queue. I don't think I've started it yet. It's also in my queue. The premise of this. Oh yeah, yeah. The the delivery guy. Yes. Yeah. I, I did see that one. Oh my gosh! Like, like, cause I I kind of remember pizza bombing like being mentioned in news and such, where everybody was like weirded out about it. But then it's one of those that there's so many horrific stories in the news that you don't remember every single one. So I didn't. I don't remember what happened to this. So I'm watching it. And they're going through, and there's this guy with a bomb around his neck, and he's totally nonchalant, and he's just like, I have a bomb around my neck. Yep, I just robbed the bank. And it's this weird anticlimactic situation with, like, the standoff with this guy sitting by a car, and it just goes south from there. And it starts revolving around the lady that was kind of the mastermind of this heist and it's so mind-boggling and so 
gross and disgusting and frustrating to watch, but fascinating. Through the entire thing, nothing was, like, I, I couldn't predict anything. I was shocked through every moment. Multiple deaths, multiple story twists. It was fabulously done. But man, that story's messed up. And it's so disturbing to know that it actually happened. <clears throat> uh, yeah, the kind of way they kind of puppeted this guy. This guy. Uh, I think the movie that Aziz Ansari did with... Um, uh, shoot dan no maybe dan uh anyway we're uh oh no not dan uh we're, aziz and sorry and who's the social network kid um jesse eisenberg yes where he's a pizza delivery guy and he gets a bomb strapped to him um i think it's loosely based on on that that story and we just lost jenny for a second but uh yes i was able to confirm that robbie and chowdhury the same woman who <clears throat> is trying to get her friend Adnan Syed, family friend Adnan Syed free from the Serial Podcast and this new HBO thing, is also one of the people who was um, reporting about the host of Sort and Scale and how inappropriate he is. Mm. Things of that nature. So, yep. Um, <clears throat> Alright, uh, documentaries. What do you got, Johnny? What's one that you've seen recently? Um, well, I just, I'm, I had planned to finish it and I'd planned to finish it today, but I didn't. So I'm, I'm, uh, two episodes into that Bundy one on Netflix. Oh, okay. So the Bundy that's tapes, pretty, that's pretty interesting. <clears throat> the, the Bundy tapes you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's for, it's got four episodes or four parts, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a uh, lot of, lot of audio from, uh, his interview. With what? the with the um, with the journalists, that's he's, he's I, those are the types of things that are interesting. Are these these psychopaths or these sociopaths speaking openly, and the way they're just so comfortable with what they're saying? There's like it's like there's no shame, in he he has no shame. He definitely has no. no shame for for you know for what he did. But he's talking about it so candidly. It's, it's uh, okay. We're frustrating. Just... Yeah, we're talking about conversations with the killer of the Ted Bundy tapes from Netflix. Um, to kind of update Jenny because she just joined us again. Hmm. Um, Come back. <clears throat> what's interesting about it is you listen to him. He never admits he did it. He's talking to the interviewer in the way that he's saying somebody else would do these crimes, mm -hmm. how they would do it, how he thinks they would do it, and he never. I don't think, according to this documentary, admitted to doing these until he was about to be killed um, on death row. Mm -hmm. And then he said, yeah, I did these things. And he confessed, I think, to a priest. Um, I could be wrong about the timeline there. Uh, but, yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know upon watching this documentary that he escaped not once, but twice he got away. And the only time, the only reason we caught him the second time is because he had to come back to town for some stupid reason. Mostly probably because everyone was talking about him and he had an ego. <laughs> but the, he definitely has an ego yeah but the, they, they they played the the interview where he was talking about oh i still plan to go to law school and be a lawyer and mm -hmm. this guy's a great example so i think everything's gonna be great yeah yeah uh, he's like in the parking lot and they're bringing him in the courthouse he's talking about how his college class is graduating this year and he's gonna miss out on it <laughs> mm -hmm. and that he'd be better than so that, these people in that the one i'm halfway through okay um 
But I, I've seen, you know, it's kind of weird. I've seen so many documentaries, and I feel like I, I know most of these stories, but I can't think of what their names are. I just know that I've seen them. So, well, maybe, yeah, um, maybe we'll jog your memory with some of the ones we talk about. Oh, absolutely. The Dahmer one I talked about that was that was pretty. That guy had no problem admitting what he did once he was caught. No, um, and that that's another one where he got away with one, uh, where he was mm-hmm. almost almost caught when one of his victims escaped. Escaped. Yep. <clears throat> Yep. Um, and then uh, a Gacy one. I remember watching a Gacy one at one point. Um, a, a, a John Wayne Gacy movie and and documentary. You know, so yeah, is that the Gacy, Gacy movie that has the cover that looks just like the Jeremy Renner Dahmer movie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched that one yet, but it looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 in, it's, it's weird to say I enjoy. I'm fascinated by the comp. The, the, the complex nature of these individuals, how their brain can process being okay with this or justifying this or have you um, proclaiming innocence when clearly they're guilty. It's, yeah. it's so messed up. Have you watched either of you watched the Netflix series Mindhunters yet? No. Uh, it is a must watch for either of you. Uh, it's basically kind of telling a true story with different names. Um, it's basically about the formation of, I believe the FBI's serial killer, uh, like psych- psychological, um, education. So they go mm-hmm. and they interview these guys who are serial killers to find out what makes them tick and things like that. Um, and in the back, and they're using real killers. Like one of them is, you know, they don't, they don't come out and say it, but one of them's like the, the BTK killer or one of them is, um, <clears throat> is supposed to be, uh, uh, Deb Bundy or, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, they're, they're leading towards a BTK killer. It's kind of the background character in every episode. Um, they keep showing him commit these crimes and they're leaving clues and Easter eggs that that's actually what the BTK, BTK killer did. And he mm-hmm. wasn't, I don't think he was caught and arrested till like late nineties or early two thousands. So they're a long way. They're in the seventies right now. The um, BTK killer, uh, was on like hiatus yeah. for a long time. He disappeared. And then in the early two thousands, he started, um, he started uh, mailing out letters again, mm-hmm. uh, detailing his crimes, and they ended up catching him shortly after. Yeah, and he was like a cable guy or like an electrician or something like that, right? Like he worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jenny, are you there? Are you muted, Jenny? Hello, Jenny. She's on the call, but we cannot hear her. Mm. Hello, Jenny. Uh-oh. She just tried to mute and unmute, and I'm still not hearing her. Uh-oh. <clears throat> all right i'm gonna move on for a second to another one and hopefully i, I bet you she's been trying to talk this whole time too um, i bet she has too that's a bummer hopefully she's remembering what she's trying to say because we'll come back to you um maybe disconnect and i'll try to reconnect you if you can hear me i'm gonna leave this all in too <laughs> if you're still there <laughs> right, right um <clears throat> all right so what were we just talking about? Oh, yeah, Mindhunters. So, yes, absolutely. Check that out. Anyone who's not seen it, season two is coming soon. So, I would say okay. highly jump on that. I binged that super fast after watching the, the, the Gacy, or not the Gacy, the Ted Bundy documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only <clears throat> so much I can watch that's based on real life. Yeah. Before I need to take a break and watch some, like, uh, what's what's something that's not depressing on Netflix? Uh, Solo. That makes me depressed. Well, fine. That's that's just you. 
Uh, there's lots of things. Watch Seinfeld that, on Hulu or Friends. Or I'm I'm literally trying to think of something right now, and I can't think of anything that doesn't have an a, an amount of depression in it, or that's not <laughs> meant to make you feel sad about things. The first thing I thought of was Big Mouth, but Big Mouth deals with a lot of like the the sexually repressed feelings that kids have, and it's weird. So that doesn't work. Bojack yeah. Horseman. That makes me sad. <laughs> I have never watched either of those, so I don't know why those would make it sad. <laughs> they're both they're both good. Big Mouth is good in its own way, but Bojack Horseman's great. You know, you should watch Bambi. That'll be all right. Oh no, but there's a murder. <laughs> okay, Dumbo. Uh, <clears throat> does his mom die? I don't think so. They're separated. They're that separated. Yeah, that's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. He's mentally challenged because he thinks a feather can make him fly. So that's kind of sad. Wow. I didn't write the story, Dave. I just report on it. <clears throat> <laughs> um all right so jenny's still working out the technical difficulties we're, we're happy to uh, in, uh entertain you with that interlude um but we can't stutter and stammer forever so we'll, we'll try to get her to restart her skype while we talk about the next thing and i don't know if you have hulu do you have do you hulu? i do well a show i've enjoyed and there's more episodes that aren't on hulu yet um it's from investigation discovery channel um it's called Ameri- an American murder mystery, and they've done different cases. Like on Hulu, I was able to find Casey Anthony, Shadra Levy, Scott Peterson, Jody Arias, and The Staircase. Um, the Staircase was a Netflix series too. Uh... Okay, I'm back. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Thank you. I have not seen The Staircase. I've been listening to you guys going ah. <laughs> never watch Bambi if you're not if you're looking for something happy. <laughs> Right. That was the joke, yes. <laughs> um did Mindhunters, have you seen that yet? You and on Netflix? I did yeah, I loved I loved Mindhunter. It's got the guy too from uh the Umbrella Academy. He's <clears> the <throat> big serial killer. He's Hazel on Umbrella Academy. And the main character from Fringe. Yes. Yeah, no that that one's a good a good series. I was gonna say earlier, since you guys couldn't hear me though, what's cool about it since we we were talking about different things, how like these documentaries, you're, you're right, Johnny. I'm like, you don't want to say you like them. You know, you, you're entertained. It's, it's more of like that investigative, like, you know, curiosity, but also mystery mystery. Yeah. But what's cool about them is how much impact they actually have. Like take cereal, for instance, He's getting a new trial now. But even take it back further, look at everything that came about the HBO documentary Paradise Lost. That Let's talk about that one for a little bit cuz that's that's a big one and that's probably the first real real look into true crime in media. Yeah, and the amount of impact that documentary had because it, it starts conversations and it's like what serial did serial wasn't just like here's the story here's what happened now so, he's in jail so much it, so that that eddie vetter was in the courtroom when these guys were finally let free peter jackson like sponsored their whole like criminal um lawyers and everything like their defense team it's so you have to when there's things that is he innocent is he guilty or what have you Yes, you have investigators and you have evidence and stuff like that. But when there's ever a reasonable doubt, the conversations is what 
makes a difference because everybody has that different outlook and things Mm -hmm. where you take, you know, what was it? Arkansas. Uh, Uh, For the West Memphis three. Yeah. West Memphis, Arkansas. Right. I I might have the state mixed up, but anyways, Memphis. (laughs) No, no, it's not in Tennessee. It's uh, it's, I think it was Arkansas. Arkansas. It's Arkansas. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you take this small town who already has prejudice, you know, tenfold over. Mm-hmm. They they don't see it the same as somebody that's already seen a crime in like a bigger city. Or you start looking at the characters that are involved in each, and you start raising the eyebrow, going, "Wait a wait a minute." And it, it's the it's the same thing with um, the uh, Adon City case, you know, from Serial. It's the moment the conversation starts, you start questioning things that might not have originally been questioned. And it's the snowball effect, you know, it just starts building momentum. And mm-hmm. it's awesome because if you if you go back and you look into the West Memphis Three, that storyline is basically every outcast teenager and they got screwed. Right. They these know? these three kids, well, one of them it's the making the murderer thing, right? Where one of them was interrogated, didn't have a high IQ and just said things to get to go home. And that was fed things by the police. Now, part of these documentaries are showing the 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 interrogation tactics used by police officers and investigators. And it's not showing them in a good light. And I understand the outcry of people who support the police saying you know, these people are guilty and these things and these these cops should be, you know, defended. Not all cops are perfect. Not every person does the right thing and not all cops are motivated by the right thing. I'm not saying that particular investigators in either case uh, were, were being selfish or trying to enhance their careers or any of these things, but they're also taught to close cases. And some of that, sometimes it's not done correctly, I think. And the, that part of the system does need to be looked at if we're getting so many false imprisonments because it happens. We, we're stupid to say that it never happens, that guilty people don't get sent away. You're being naive that just because a person looks a certain way or listens to metal music or researched uh, a satanic you know, person that they are satanic worshipers and they murdered these kids in a ritual. Well, plus, like in this situation, you take, you know, what was he, 17 years old, and you start going, why did you do this? He's like, yeah, whatever, I did it. You know, because he's a bratty teenage kid who thinks he's badass. You know, he's like, sure, yep, I practice, I practice devil worshiping. And they're like, see, I told you. And you're like, dude, stop it, you know. But he didn't know any better. He was, he was always on the defense. But what you're saying, though, is because of all this stuff being brought into the light, we're starting to question more now about police brutality or unjust, you know, questioning and leading the witness is becoming a little bit more relevant and people are recognizing it more. I don't think I don't think people recognized it as much in the past because it was just the way things were. And it's sad to think of how many people were victimized because of it. Well, even looking at what Making a Murderer Season 1 did, um, just the, 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 the cast of doubt it put, the shadow of doubt it put over the police in Manitowoc County, again, in Johnny and I's backyard. Johnny's much closer to it than I am. But, mm-hmm. um, but and then seeing Season 2, just how they stick to it, and they will say nothing they did was wrong. And 
it's so clear that so much of what they did was wrong, so much so that in recently he's going to probably get another trial because they released the remains of the victim's bodies to the parents without telling anybody. And now they don't have those remains to test for anything. And that's, I guess, against the law. I don't know the law, but I guess that's against it. <laughs> so uh, that's that would be something they did that was wrong. And, you know, anyway. Uh, not to spend too much time on Making a Murderer, because I think we talked about that a lot on the first time we did this podcast. But season two is fantastic. And um, when, when his new defense lawyer is looking into who actually might have killed this person, that's when things get super intense. Um, and new evidence comes to light and all these things. And it's just like, she's going after this person. Cause the only way really that this guy's probably that either of these guys are going to let her free is if she finds the right killer. And well, now with this evidence handling, that might not be the case, but as far as she's concerned, that that was what she said. I think in a documentary itself, that she would have to find the killer to really prove that he didn't do it. Um, all right. So we were talking about documentaries. We talked about, um, the Hulu shows that I had mentioned, you might have missed that, Jenny. It's American Murder Mystery, so if you have access to Hulu, definitely check some of those out. Um, <clears throat> Abducted and Played Sight we talked about. We talked about the, the Ted Bundy documentary. Um, Johnny mentioned the Dahmer and Gacy um, documentaries he had watched. Anything, Jenny, that you've watched recently documentary-wise for true crime? Uh, not recently, but The Jinx on oh, HBO was yeah. awesome. Where really we had, messed up one where you actually had a documentary solve a case <laughs> where there's actually a conclusion there and he actually admits to doing it on microphone not knowing he still was on microphone <laughs> unbelievable uh, talk what... about arrogance i mean that that takes it to an entirely different level yeah yeah and i want to i want to wrap up soon here but um long shot on netflix is a decent documentary and it's a short one too i think it's only like 40 minutes and it's about again false imprisonment and somebody being pegged for a crime they didn't commit, and they were able to find the proof of it in a very weird way, and a very comically weird way. Uh, so definitely check that one out. Long shot. Long shot. Yeah, I'm gonna write that one down. You know, one we haven't even talked about yet is, um, and it's real popular, was uh, American Vandal. Isn't that a parody thing? Oh no, That's it's real. Like I put dicks on everything. Yeah, it's real. It's a real story. Are you being kidding? Are you being like, are you joking? Or I thought it was a parody. <laughs> no, it's, it's no, real. It's, it's, there was somebody who really drew dicks on everything on dicks on cars. And there was one kid that was pegged for it. Everyone assumed it was because he was a habitual dick drawer. <laughs> sure. No, wait, I'm looking right at it, dude. It's a, it's a mockumentary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course it's a mockumentary. You dick. <laughs> but it's really good. He's like, really? And I'm like, no, totally. He totally did it. Yeah, I'm on drugs here, people. I can't, I can't <laughs> handle this kind of crap. <laughs> uh, that, both seasons of that are great. <clears throat> That's the other funny thing, though, is some of the mockumentaries people believe. <laughs> oh yeah, like, that really happened. Like a found footage movie <laughs> or something. Um, I like the, I like when documentaries actually call out like the myths behind the documentary that they're making. You know, I, I just saw. Um, uh, won't you be my neighbor, which isn't true crime. So don't worry, Mr. Rogers is still safe, but they dive into like, no, he wasn't a Vietnam sniper. No, he's not covered in tattoos. Mm -hmm. so I like when, when documentaries do that, they just sort of, they take all of that, that falsehood, the hearsay and just like, nope, just throw it away. Now moving yeah. on. Yeah. 
and that one needed it. Like uh, that's a great documentary just to bring up. So, um, okay. So I want to close out with what each of us think our fascination. Jenny kind of touched on it a little bit, but what, what is your fascination with these stories, these podcasts, these documentaries, what brings you back to these things? Why do you, why is it hard to not, you know, stop watching these things or, you know, and then have to take a break and watch something that's uplifting and, you know, to pull yourself out of these dark places. Not that you would ever do these things, but because it is so dark and the things you see, especially if you're going to go seek out uh, Paradise Lost on HBO, the Weapons Memphis 3 story, be careful because you see the dead bodies of these boys. Um, and it is, it is graphic. So you watch these things and it, it gets very dark. Um, but for some reason, I don't know about you guys, it's just so interesting and I don't know if captivating is a word for it and entertaining is not a word for it, but it's, it's intriguing to say the least because we are all, it's hard to say it this way. We're all capable of these dark, dark things, but we all have certain things that prevent us from doing it. We have a compass, moral compass of right and wrong. We have brain chemistry that works in our brains that make us not do these things. Um, and it's interesting to see how somebody could do these things, but I don't know if it's ever satisfying to know what made these people do these things. Most of them are just monsters. Some are just insane. Um, others just, it's a crime of passion, but most serial killers are not crimes of passion. Um, these one-offs, like perhaps the, the serial one or the making a murder one, aren't serial killers. They're just these incidents that we don't, are surrounded in mystery. That, and that's part of the intrigue of the story is the mystery part of it. And part of it is also playing detective, I think trying to figure it out on your own with the evidence that this documentary gives you or this podcast gives you. So I guess those are my reasons. Yeah. Me? I think I, was just gonna <laughs> so, say, I think I think you gave all the reasons. So I, I'm sorry. Well, I kind of went, I, I kept rambling on, on top of that. It's like when I, when I dive into a horrific story, it's, it is to know why, like, how do we, how do we become better than this? How do we, how do we change society? So we don't have somebody that gets off on it, but it, it poses that huge question. Is it nature or is it nurture? And when you start looking at each situation, even when it comes down to like falsely imprisoned, how did they get there? How do we, how do we become better judges? You know, and how do we, how, how do we make ourselves as a society better? And the only way to do that is to, to look under the sheets and see what's in the dark corners. And like you're saying with Paradise Lost, those scenes were, they were so heartbreaking. But in seeing those scenes, as you go through, you know, the various documentaries that followed it too, it makes you even more angry to know that whoever did it still has not been brought to justice. And I don't know if I would hold that anger as much if it wasn't for the fact that they didn't show me the visuals, you know, because it's it's horrible. So I don't know. It's it's definitely education, but I always watch them wanting to know, is it nature or nurture? You know, did somebody become that or were they just always that? <clears throat> what about you, Johnny? Uh, pretty much all the, all the things you guys listed, I think I mentioned before, it's the, the psychological stuff that kind of fascinates me. Uh, you know, what, what's going on in a person's head that makes them think this is okay, or that makes them comfortable with it. Um, because obviously they all know it's not okay because they all try to get away with it. So, you know, what is it in their head that, that creates that justification? 
for for do you know for for performing these these uh pretty terrible acts it's uh i i think also trying to understand something you're not familiar with opens you up to being understanding in other areas of your life or other aspects um and i'm not saying you know understanding someone like Dahmer or gacy or or bundy or um freaking what's his name chris watts i'm not saying that understanding what's going on in their head allows you to understand you know when when somebody's having a rough day to give them a break but it does if if you put the effort into trying to understand these super complex issues um being able to apply that same into understanding some of the less complex issues um you know D dave you and i've talked openly before about how we both deal with depression depression is a big factor for a lot of these people who do this and so i deal with depression and i want to understand it more and these are the big names in you know the, these are the big names that come up when you talk about when you talk about depression and how that might affect you know choices that you make so understanding things i think helps influence my ability to appreciate the things i have in my life and some of the choices that i've made in my life that i wish i could change um and future choices <clears throat> yeah yeah understanding you know mental health and the issues that go along with that not just depression but bipolar and all of these other things understanding it and knowing that it's okay to have it and talk about it is hugely important to understanding why people do the things they do. Um, it's also uh, good to remove the stigma off of mental health because not all people with those issues are aggressive and violent. And also if that they're able to feel comfortable coming forward about these things before it gets too bad, we can maybe solve some of those problems before they happen. Um, but you see so many times with these serial killers, there's daddy issues, there's mommy issues, um, there's, it's, mm -hmm. it is a nature versus nurture thing, like Jenny said. So we don't have the answers. Uh, we, none of us can claim to, to know why, um, I don't, if you, you're, you're naive and arrogant to think you can know exactly why a person does a thing, uh, whether it's music or video games or movies, Johnny. <clears throat> uh, one, of, one of the, uh, one of the things you'd mentioned before, like, how do you, um, how do you, uh, um, you know, take a break from it, step away and be able to disassociate yourself with that dark portion of the world for a while mm -hmm. when i knew we were doing this episode and i started looking at well what are the things that i that i have watched recently and uh, you know what are some of the podcasts i've listened to and some of the stories and i kind of revisited some of them um i ended up then spending hours hours and hours and hours uh over the last couple of nights just watching those on on the road segments from CBS where they would go on the road and tell these really great stories about people who would um, like give money away or help people in need mm -hmm. and those those kind of uplifting stories. So that's I think that's how I deflate when I'm when I'm engrossed kind of in this world and it makes me feel so sad and so angry that the world is what it is. Right. But I go and watch these really uplifting, heartwarming stories, you know, about uh, one was uh, one was um, um about uh, a little oh god you know what I'm, there's so many of them about little girls and <laughs> sure. helping out with their dads that really that really touch my heart yeah um but but so so no specific one but you know these really great stories that make me feel better about the world nice excellent that's a good place to end on um all right so we talked about a lot of different podcasts and documentaries and things of that nature uh, if you have any cool true crime stuff that you listen to or watch, uh, send them our way at Atomic Geekdom. Let us know what you're watching, and we'll definitely check it out and talk about it in a future true crime episode because 
uh, there's always new stuff coming, so we're definitely going to revisit this. And knowing I have two other people, not just Jenny, uh, to, to talk about this stuff with is way awesome because I'm, like I say, obsessed with this stuff on a regular basis. But like Johnny said, I take breaks pretty often um, because you can't live in that world for too long. Uh, but let's remember, our police do. It's a daily thing for them. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Especially, you know, murder or homicide detectives and things of that nature. So they do live in that world, and they have to go home and turn it off and see their families and things of that nature. So I'm going to say things of that nature six more times, and then we're going to go. Um, at Atomic Geekdom, on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the YouTube. Um, there, if you go to the Instagram, you'll see some coverage of me at Wizard World St. Louis. We will be at C2E2 in just over a week. Um, so you'll want to follow us on Instagram for all of that good fun. I'm sure Jenny's got some convention stuff on the way on the horizon with WonderCon coming. WonderCon and PaleyFest. Oh yeah, that's right. We got PaleyFest, so we have some red carpet stuff, I believe, right? I believe so. We're working <clears throat> working with them on that right now, and uh, super excited. So as soon as everything locks in, we'll start we'll start giving some hints out. But yeah. definitely, if you get a chance. Check out Paley Center for Media and the work that they do because if you're listening to this podcast on any topic, they're the ones that support it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they just do amazing work. And Paley Fest is the ultimate fan experience. So keep an eye out, follow Paley, and we'll let you know here shortly. And if people want to talk to you on social media, I'm at Robbie Art. There you go. Johnny, what do you got coming up? And what, um, your social media? Well, we're going to C2E2. Yes, sir. Which I'm which I'm very excited about. And I think that's about that's about it. All right. And can I people think. can people follow you while you do your adventures on social media? Yeah, yeah, you can. It's uh at Johnny Wellens on Twitter. And uh, I just started doing some research into getting a capture card so I can start doing some smash stuff. No, oh, there you go. Some Smash stuff, or hopefully getting some people involved. Boy, I sure do love playing Smash, and uh, <laughs> I haven't had anyone hit me up to play some Smash yet. And my old buddy Randy doesn't play Smash with me. So if you want to replace Randy as my oh. best friend in the whole world, then oh. hit me up, and we'll play some Smash. Applications are open. Operators are standing by. That's right. Just hit me up over Twitter. DM me. <laughs> Get in them DMs. <clears throat> I don't know if that's a thing anymore. All right, so that's our show this week. Go out, be kind to each other, be good to each other, um, make this world a brighter place. It's springtime almost. Uh, it was like 40 degrees out, 50 degrees out, so everybody in Wisconsin had their windows down. It was fun, although I didn't leave the house because I had no voice all day and I felt like garbage. But everyone else had a good day, Uh-oh. apparently. <laughs> so I had a good day. I cleaned up ice. That was fun. Hey, all right. Good times. I'm sure Jenny had a great day. She got home late. I got on late, but I had lunch at the Porsche testing center. Oh. So I got to watch people like race car Porsches. There you go. I bet your food was delivered. I bet her food was delivered while we were talking. So let's let her go eat. Um, All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you both for joining me and uh, say goodbye. Bye. Bye.